We'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners of the lands on which we record this podcast, this video series. We record across multiple lands of Australia and so we'd like to pay our respect to elders past and present. We thank you for taking care of this land and sharing it with us. This always was and always will be Aboriginal land. The final week of the Home and Away AFL season has come and with it several announcements of retirements. Each year we see players who have decided to hang up their boots, making speeches to their teammates, being interviewed on every channel or platform and countless highlight reels being shared. This year is no exception and the list of retiring players is extraordinary. Sean Silk Burgoyne, Basha Hooley, Jake Carlisle, Jared Harbrow, David McKay, to name a few. We know as the finals progress, other announcements will be made and more names added to this list. They are stalwarts of the club, champions and icons, and they're the athletes that put smiles on the faces of millions of people every weekend. When we're talking smiles in the AFL, you probably know where this is going. Of course, this week, we were lucky enough to talk to Eddie Betts, the man with the biggest and the cheekiest smile in the league and his wife, Anna Scully, best friend of the podcast. We have a really special chat um, about his time in the AFL and the way that they've nurtured and supported a lot of young men to find their way in the system, build their confidence and leadership skills. We have a few laughs and then some serious moments about Anna's future in football, as well as their desire to build a foundation to support Aboriginal athletes, coaches or administrators in various sporting arenas. We hope you love listening to this chat as much as we love spending time with these two people. Uh, they're an incredible team and that comes across so clearly in this video, so we hope you enjoy it. Tonight we're on the left of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations. Thank you for having us on this land and our children are from the lands of Wirungu, Gubbin and Kotha lands um, and so we pay respect to the elders and mob back there as well. Which is the far west coast of South Australia, Sojourna Port Lincoln, the Wirungu Kutha and uh, the Gubbin is Kalgoorlie, Western Australia, my mother's land. First of all, thank you so much for giving us your time today. We know that you will be busy doing lots of interviews but um, we're very honoured to get to share a segment of your collective story this week. Um, we thought we might start actually, and how the family's feeling. How I haven't really thought about it, to be honest, the feeling wise, knowing that, you know, your footy career has come to an end, 17 years, it's been half of my life. Um, you know, you spend your whole time on a schedule, um, pre-season, you know, training, weights, mm -hmm. going into the next season. So 17 years of, of scheduling, uh, I guess in the next couple of weeks, we'll sit back and reminisce and get a feel of uh, what it feels like <laughs> to do nothing and not worry about phone trials, skinfolds, all of these kind of things, hang out with the family. And I guess the most important thing too, like we can take our kids back to country, we can take them back to Kalgoorlie because we never got the opportunity to go back home to visit mum. You know, it's always a time when pre-season and then Christmas was probably the only time where we get a chance to go back, but we rarely, rarely go back to see family and back to culture and back to land. So Looking forward to taking all my family back to Kalgoorlie to the red dirt so they can walk their feet through the sand. And uh, yeah, so we haven't really, it's kind of weird, isn't it? Like we're, re we're relieved in a way, <laughs> but, but, but it was sad at first knowing that, you know, I wasn't going to play because I felt like I wanted to, I was really enjoying it. And, but uh, I guess, you know, you, you can't play footy forever. And um, the other part of me was so happy to spend more time with Anna and the kids and, and you know, continue the next step of my, my career, mm -hmm. my journey. Eddie is very, very schedule-based um, and he runs to, like, 10-minute increments in his life. <laughs> so he's always on time. So I, I'm just, like, 
waiting to see how this will go without a schedule, but I'm sure... I might write my own schedule up around the house. I'll pick up the bag. I've got time to clean the toilets. <laughs> yeah, he's very schedule-based, so it might be take a while to wean off that feeling of schedules, but um, I'm sure just... You, I'm sure you'll be fine like you always do. You just keep moving forward, don't you? Kind of just. Yeah, well, she is the one who said she's getting mm. a job now. I've always been working all the time. What do you mean? Yeah, she? I mean by working out of the house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're ready to go. Let's make that clear working from home. As, and I said, oh, because I've got a public health degree. And I'm like, oh, um, Uncle Dan. Um, is looking for <laughs> is looking for um, contact traces, and I'm like, I'm out, honey. And I was like, yeah. writing my job application this week, I'm out of here. But no, I think we've got enough work to do. It. <laughs> I think the thing is that um, a lot for Eddie is that, and with us is that um, the schedule of footy it will free up more time um, to do the off-field stuff for us. And I think with that, we've always sort of worked together on our projects. So it just means that I can sort of rely on Eddie being around to support me and input in different things. Um, a lot of the time I'm sort of dragging him before he goes out the door, what do you think about this? Um, it, like with Eddie's little homies or um, setting up our, mm. the foundation. So just having him more available um, I think will be really good. I, I don't do emails though. She's like, she's you do write that. I can't. Do so there's, <laughs> I, he's got, um, his claim to fame is that he, Craig Bellamy, the storm coach, mm. he apparently have an email account. And Eddie's claim to fame is that um, he's written, like, I have to prompt him to like write back to emails. I'm like, honey, have you checked your email? <laughs> and his manager, she, she just comes to me because he doesn't write back. Manager, to me. She doesn't write back <laughs> messages. I write back. To, no, I don't. So this week, we've made a really conscious effort to write back to every text message. And it's tiring. Yeah, it's time-consuming. <laughs> but you really appreciate. It. Yeah, it did. I actually got upset this week. I when I got up and spoke, I said, "Don't get emotional." Okay, and I got up, wanted to like get through and um, get my point across and speak to the boys and I got that out okay and then driving home, everyone was sending text messages and they were really nice and I started crying and I'm like, I can't read it. No. <laughs> but, but I wasn't in the car driving. I, I read some and then I jumped in the car and yeah, I said, no, I'm not touching my phone. I got emotional and started crying. Then I got home and Anna was in tears when I got home because she was on the phone. To somebody what was, was I crying about? Colleen, oh, think, yeah, so. yeah, that's right. So. I was probably crying tears of relief, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys are such a well-loved couple in the AFL. Like, I don't think that there's going to be a player and a partnership that um, is more likeable and just people are just so drawn to you guys. And I think that that shows, obviously, with, with knowing that you're going to be leaving the game, um, you know, on field. I, I don't know what you're up to off field if you're going to stay within the industry. Um, but it shows, like, people are, are really invested in you and, and they feel the love both ways. So, um, yeah, I think the emotion is, is so raw because it kind of isn't it a surprise, I suppose, because eventually everyone's footy career ends. But... Um, we are going to miss watching you run around and, and do all of those incredible things that literally nobody else can. Um, do you think you'll stay in footy or can you tell us a little bit about the foundation um, that you just mentioned, Anna? Well, quick 
the first part do you think is safe for your husband? No. Is trying to recruit to Geelong. I think everyone's trying to recruit <laughs> you, aren't they? <laughs> no, I don't think I would stay. I think I would, um, I would, I would like to continue to see and help the young Aboriginal players to help make them feel at home when it comes to footy clubs because when it is daunting when these young Aboriginal boys come in from community and they get to the big stage and walk through those doors for the first time, it's it's kind of daunting and, and scary. And so our job, me and Anna's job, was to make them feel comfortable um, like we did with Charlie, um, with Tyson Stengel and with all the, the boys at the Crows and and before that with the boys at the um, Carl Football Club too, all the young Aboriginal boys that come through with Yaz and uh, Jeff and that. So I think we just sort of feel like um, as a partnership, we've identified that um, being having sort of that culturally safe place for players to gather has been really um, imperative to the list and where Eddie is at that time. So what we've sort of noticed is, is that having Eddie in that club and then our sort of house environment has been um, mm-hmm. a really good measure of success for the players. We like, you know, we had a huge group of Aboriginal players at Crows. And so we sort of wanted to emulate that in terms of how we provide safe spaces in um, AFL. And we're sort of looking around the foundation idea and the academy is sort of looking around like an AIS concept, but um, a facility um, in potentially Victoria in that um, is sort of like a boarding AIS, but for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander athletes and sort of focuses on education, leadership and um, success, but also identifying that some of the issues um, as well, like having a consulting arm that sort of looks at um, why we don't... I always say to people, like, and Eddie gets really angry when I say this because he's really quite modest, is that for 17 years he was in the system and he's such a leader to all of us here in Australia in terms of racism, but... 17 years and he's only twice in a leadership group at a football club and I see that as problematic it means that people aren't identifying different forms of leadership Um, and for and I want to be able to highlight how and we want to be able to highlight how people lead differently for example Wayne Malira at Adelaide Crows he's such a wonderful leader and um, you know it would be good to be able to get people to see how he leads and just like make people aware of like it's really important to have his perspective but also really important to give him that push to go into the leadership group because I know Eddie was always like oh he always played down that he isn't a good leader but I'm like you're a great leader yeah just- because coming into the AFL system you always think you've got to be the one up front standing talking mm-hmm. you know the one that's um, directing and leading the way from up front where that wasn't the only thing that marks full stop or commas around (laughs) encouraging aboriginal female coaches as well you know like just growing just growing leaders um in this space and um yeah that's just um really important to us 
us, can you tell us a little bit more about um, the people that you have sort of mentored and fostered in your home? Because I think, yeah, when we were in Adelaide, it was very, very obvious that you had pretty much an open door policy to anyone that needed a bit of TLC. Um, but you did specifically, yeah, mentor um, a lot of young Aboriginal men who are coming into a system that's, you know, pretty... Uh, it can be quite uninviting or daunting or, yeah, how did you foster those relationships and tell us more about it? Well, we uh, just try to make it like it's their home. Um, mm. You know, we had Charlie that lived with us for about a year. Um, and basically, <laughs> you just want to make them feel comfortable. I mean, you know, speaking to a lot of young Aboriginal boys that are living in, they've been into the system and um, are staying at a, what do you call it? Not foster. Ho uh, ho host family. Host family. Open, but they're sitting in their rooms. They're too scared to go out and sit in a lounge room. So they're, they're just sitting in their rooms and, and not coming out playing PlayStation. And where we just wanted to make it a safe environment for these kids to make it feel like home, um, culturally safe, where they can yarn, tell us about family, tell us what's going on. And we understand that. Or well, I understand that Anna's um, learning and she does understand now a lot of Aboriginal culture. Um, but yeah, so they, they understand and we feel what they're feeling. And so we get that connection and, you know, from then onwards, our house was, boys Boys would just rock up, you know, you open up the fridge, eat our food and, <laughs> and we'll have mob nights over there. Everyone knew what to bring, drinks, um, snacks, whatever. There was a couple of boys that rocked up with nothing. They always did. We, <laughs> get, we, get, them, we get them in line straight away. Yeah, like, <laughs> <Ramsey>. <laughs> something. But with, um, like, particularly with Tyson, he, Tyson was probably, um, he just has such an incredible story of resilience. I mean, he... Tyson Stengel. Tyson Stengel, just like no one knows exactly what he's come from and, you know, having been lost and still being able to push through to make it through to the AFL system and get recruited. And he is just like such an incredible kid and he's got so much leadership. He's so loved wherever he goes. Um, he's really quiet, but he's quite cheeky and it's just being able to... Mm -hmm. We really connected with him and he, and, you know, having cups of tea, we'd have cup of tea night. So he, night. Was, he, was, he was a foster <laughs> care for most people. And so he was, you know, living in and out of, what do you call it? Um, foster care. Foster care. Then he was couch surfing. And then when he got drafted, it was probably really the only sense of home that he had. And he was with Richmond first. And then, then he came to Adelaide. And when he lived with us, he had, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner on the table, um, his own bedroom, and he, and he felt like home. And he's going to move, once he's finished footy this year, um, he's, he's coming back to move in with us. And so we've got a room already set up for upstairs here. He already picked out his room and his bed. So he's kind of... He FaceTimed me going, show me my room. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just like, we just love, we just, it, it's the way it's meant to be. Like, there's no point just going through life and not, like, I know we've got lots of kids and whatever, but like, honestly, it's just like, what's the point of going through life and just not opening up your hearts and homes to it's people? It's just that the way that we've been brought up back home yeah. in communities. You know, 30 kids and living in a three-bedroom house. It's just uh, pretty crazy. It was fun. Best, best. Um, you know, growing up in that environment was unbelievable. I wouldn't change it, but it was just comfortable. And we mm. loved it. And that's how we continue our life now. And with that, that's what I always say about the leadership is like um, um, all his mob and um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander athletes, they're used to navigating like huge family groups and navigating like roles within the family. And that leadership of like bringing people together and community is so important in a game and in a team. 
And that's what Eddie said in his retirement speech is like he learned that growing up. And, and I think that, that that in itself is just so important to like when you recruit an Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander player, um, they come with a sense of community, which is so important in the role of a team. And, you know, like mm. you'll know, Marty, I bet you uh, 100% and yes, I, I bet you the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander players at your club always help you with your kids or play <laughs> with your kids or remember your kids' names because they just, that's what it is. It's about family and it's about people and being together and that think, togetherness. Yeah, everyone had a role to play, but we had a role to play to survive because our life was hard. You know, everyone had a part to play, whether it's, you know, food, put food on the table because everyone got we got paid fortnightly so everyone had to do their part for us to survive so um and that's where we learned all those skills from and mm-hmm. it's survival i guess you're creating that environment in your home for your own kids as well like making sure that they know how you grew up or that people can come into your life and, and be family doesn't matter where they come from like what do you think that that impact is on your big family your own um children I think the kids being raised like that, they just don't know any difference. They sort of just, we tried to make sure that it was always instilled in them that that's just who it is and they're your aunties and they're your uncles. And um, I, 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 I don't think we really, we just, it just wasn't what it was, wasn't it? Yeah, they're, they're, they've just been brought up the way that I was brought up. And, you mm. know, they're, they're kind, everyone equally, respect one another. They know language, you know, me and Louis can speak language with each other so no one else can know. <laughs> and, and so, you know, he's, he's really cemented in his culture. He knows where he's from, his roots. You know, he always says he's a Wurundjeri cook of the Gavran kid. Uh, but, you know, I can't wait to take him back so he can eventually see because he went back and he, and he went to Kalgoorlie but he was a lot younger. And so now that he's a bit older. Um, COVID's really restricted yeah, us. But a lot, now that he's a bit older, he... Would love to take him back there so he can meet all of his family, his cousins. He's already met them, but, you know, it would be great to go back again. Can you tell us a little bit, Anna and Ed, about how you've managed um, this, you know, Eddie's career, but how you've managed it as a team? We just worked, I don't know, we sort of managed to just be like the yin and the yang kind of um, just... (laughs) who's got whatever, like we sort of pick each other up where our weaknesses lie. So we've always just sort of managed to get by by probably filling the deficit of the other person. Um, We sort of, um, no gender stereotypes or roles in our family. Uh, Working as a team, I guess it's, 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 I think it's got a lot, a lot of, a lot has to be put to how you were raised. Yeah, there's a lot of things. Like I'm really street smart, I'm not book smart and she's really book smart. Not street, street smart. Come on. <laughs> so that's why we match. Like, ah, uh, uh, so street smarts, book smarts, and <laughs> I don't know. We sort of, yeah. I mean, he's more of like that kind of hovering parent, and I'm not <laughs> <laughs> safety dad. So we sort of we kind of blended it really nicely. Um, and a, a, a testament has to be that he, the way you were raised, really, and that's it wasn't just by mum and dad. It was a, it was a tribe. Yeah, and just. Be making sure that everyone has a responsibility and you pick up. It's kind we of don't plan ahead. We don't. We never plan no, ahead. I we never take nappies the to the park and we I always <laughs> forget snacks. We do things on the go a lot. <laughs> Eddie, you'd be doing a lot of interviews this week where I'm sure you're getting plenty of questions about whether you want to move into coaching or commentary. But Anna, you've also been in the footy world for a long time. Are you interested in any commentary or coaching? No. Yes. 
Okay. I don't think you can coach because you get to a group. You get to no, angry. I'm just like. You could be a CEO. You can run the footy club. <laughs> run a footy club. No coaching plan because. <laughs> no, okay. So I'm very forward um, biased. But I do, I, I, I always say to Ed, I think I could coach. I sort of, yeah, I did pick up concepts and I've learned a lot of the, along the way. I've watched, yeah. I've sat and watched there's Eddie. There's a few, like, when you sit there and watch, complete, it's completely different to being at the club and knowing what's <laughs> going on and what we talk about. You, you see the stuff, you're like, kick it to Ed! Well, it should be the game plan. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very biased because I'm like, well, you know, 70% of the time you'll probably get it. So they should just, you know, maybe kick it to you. But it's not a very good game plan that I go with. But I do enjoy the sort of like, I do, I have watched for 14 years. And so you sort of just pick up a thing along along the way. But um, I what do think... I could say is that the AFL world is very men-driven. So we need more women throughout the organisation and football clubs as well. Oh, Marge, you know, I went down and um, I did two training sessions with the... Um, <laughs> The Marby Lions. No, that's, that's where the kids play. The Lions. Aaron Phillips' dad's coach. Uh, the Lions. And I just went playing netball and like being and, and enjoy <laughs> go back to my netball free. And I love <laughs> netball, but I just I couldn't quite get it. Kick on the run. She I couldn't, couldn't kick, kick on, on the run. run. <laughs> she would like catch it, stop like a netball play, and then like and, kick. And pivot. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I, thought, and I was like, Anna! It was just, it was like really just too, um, I couldn't quite get it. And I don't like making that weekly. Um, but I just, yeah, I didn't, I just couldn't pick it up. And so, but um, yeah. So the coach will be your role, my love. Or CEO. <laughs> CEO is more like her role. Not the coach. She can pick the coach. <laughs> ID is a good yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, this is all about me. What's well, the significant other, my love? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything else? As you approach your final game, both of you, how proud are you of each other of the journey? Um, yeah, we are very proud. We're, I think we're only just realizing now we're worth it back because the amount of messages we got, the amount of love we received over this last week, we're kind of overwhelmed of how much impact we had on, on this league. Uh, both of us and yeah it's been over, overwhelming and um, yeah, really looking forward to the last two hours on Saturday night mm-hmm. it, it would be sad and I guess you know it's sad not to have Anna and the kids there but when I look back on it you know my 300 was probably the best week of my life and I had the whole family came together I had my mum and dad who've been split broken up since I was eight in the same room together uh, which is rare and um all my family kept travel from all around Australia to be there and his family. So it was just wonderful. And I, and I think this week, my last game's not important. It's the community, Victorian community is probably the most important thing at the moment, staying safe um, with COVID going around. You know, Uncle Dan Andrews is doing a wonderful job. So hopefully, you know, we can somehow stay. I'll be sitting on the couch. This is going to be <laughs> what it is. Game is. I'll be sitting on the couch on my own. Drinking a bottle of red, probably. I'll have the five kids, so I don't think I'll be doing that. And I think <laughs> Louis and I were probably watching his Adelaide Oval game. We were really emotional because it was his last time at Adelaide Oval. So um, that will be me, is just probably sitting on the couch on my own, obeying um, 
public health orders and doing that at home. But I think the I'm thing about zoom you in. Oh, you're gonna zoom me <laughs> in. You know. um, I I think you know it, it, we are. I think being proud, we all know that I'm gonna be proud. And but I think it's just more so now getting on with the job that we have to do as well. Like we, there's still more to go, and there's still a lot more to do. And and we know what skills we've got and what um leadership that Eddie has to be able to sort of support that. So I feel like, yeah, I'm really proud of what he did on field and really proud of what he did off field, but also like, I'm still proud of what we've got to achieve. So there's not really an ending of like proudness. I'm proud of the, the legacy that I've left within the AFL industry. And um, when, like you said, the, the stamping out racism, um, speaking up for what I believe in. And I thank Adam Goods for that, who helped me with my voice. Um, in, in that aspect and yeah it is going to be weird not playing footy again um, you know I've, I've said I'm not going to play footy at all I'm going to be following Louis and the kids journey now if they want to play sport <coughs> it will be sad because you know looking back on I've just watching all these highlights that people are sending me um, and looking back on me kicking goal to Adelaide Oval <laughs> it was it was special and we had something special and the friends you make out the friendships you make out of Playing, you know, like AFL footy, uh, we'll, we'll have friends for life, uh, basically. And it is I do think as well, like um, with the proudness, I think it's really courageous. And what people don't see is the isolation of standing up to racism. And um, when that happens, there's always such like a backlash of like really sort of um, uneducated comments that you see on different types of forums that you try not to read, but they're often in your face. So having that... Um, that courage to stand up and then seeing the emotional toll on that is something that I will be very proud of. Um, but also just um, making sure as well that um, with that being proud of him for standing up, but also the people that stood up with him was really important as well. And, you know, there's, we know um, lots of people in the industry that have really supported Eddie um, when he stood up. So I'm proud of his courage, him being courageous, but also the people that were courageous enough to stand up with him. Mm -hmm. so, Thank you. Let's <laughs> 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 <Best> together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you two are so gorgeous. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for having us. You were oh. amazing. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for spending a bit of time with us. Yeah. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys.